So if this is nothing else but encouragement, get in God's Word. Fall in love with the Creator. We talk a lot about the Savior, but we don't talk a lot about the Creator. He created us. He loves us. He wants us. So my first thing to you is, uh, if ministry is exhausting, the first thing is fall in love with God's Word. Fall in love with the Creator. The second thing is surround yourself with people, or just a few people, that are going to help hold you accountable. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Hello, friends. Welcome to the First Party Podcast. Hey, what's going on, <laughs> what's going on Steve? What's up, Brad? It is good to be here on the podcast. It is great to be here. Ready to share a little wisdom and insight with people, but not because we have something good to say, but because <laughs> Shane Kenny said something good at the conference Tuesday morning for our devotion. I can't state it any better. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this, today on the podcast, we've got Shane Kenny. He is our executive director out in the Permian Basin of Texas. He is sharing, or he shared, a devotional with us to start our day Tuesday morning at the conference. You get to hear a little bit of his story. Uh, you get to hear a little inspiration and wisdom from many, many years of service. Uh, love Shane and Natalie. We'll get to hear from Natalie here uh, in a few weeks because we're going to go through Tuesday's things on the podcast and what Natalie shared at Devo on Wednesday morning. But just love the two of them, uh, their heart for the gospel, um, their seeking the Lord on a daily basis, and uh, it's just really encouraging. And Shane cares a lot about titles and labels, but he's also the regional manager for the Fort Worth district. Correct. So Got him just coaching. in terms of the things that he's doing, he's coaching, coaching the, well. one of the new districts. That's yeah. right. So good dude. And we'll give him a listen. Let's jump in. Sounds good. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being here, man. It's exciting to see all of the new faces that come. Uh, when I come to these things, man, I leave encouraged. Uh, we make new friends. We help each other in ministry. Uh, every year, Larry has me wanting to go home and dig ditches. Uh, for the kingdom. And so this is uh, one, I'm grateful for our board. Uh, so these guys in the back, I don't even know where they're at now. They just walked out. Okay. I'm grateful for them still. <laughs> I'm getting ready to tell you how important it is to have people in your corner out there in the hallway in your corner, but they're in your corner, man, they believe in you. Like they believe in what we do and they give up a lot of a lot of time uh, and prayer and meetings and because of what we get to do, uh, man, I think they should all have to be at a club and see what goes on and see what you go through. Um, this is going to be a little different. If uh, if if you came today and and we're hoping that this devotion was going to teach you how to fundraise, sorry, that's the next door down. <laughs> this ain't it, uh, or how to get a youth pastor to call you back, or you know how not to be exhausted from ministry. This, this ain't any of that. Sorry, um, picked the wrong guy. Um, I know that we are, we are in different steps of our faith journey, and sometimes we get there a little later in life than others, right? We're all in this faith journey. We're all in places of leadership, and we manage, and we pour into other people. We are all in that position as first priority people. Even Mark in the back, as, a, as what he does nationally, he pours out. And I'm telling you, does anybody else ever feel exhausted? Like at the end of the week of clubs, and we spend a lot of time on the clubs, Man, at the end of the week, I mean, we'll just sit down. We don't have to talk or look at each other or anything. It's just like, man, what a week. It's spiritually and emotionally draining. And, uh, and man, sometimes, but it's worth it. Oh, my goodness, it's worth it. 
I didn't come to know Jesus until later in life. Like when he asked that question last night, I didn't know Jesus until I was 26. And so everything that I relied on about my relationship with God was what I heard in church, right? I went to church until I was about 12. And, uh, and I thought that because I acknowledged that there was a God in heaven, a creator, I, and I watched my mom get baptized in a river. And so I took off running and got dunked as well. And so for that, until I was 26 years old, I was carrying that experience and those stories that I heard in the Bible or heard from Bible story. I heard that to be true. That's the only thing that I knew. And I thought that God and I were good. We had this thing worked out, right? I believe you. I heard the story and I believe that Jesus died on the cross. What I never knew was, is that there's something that I had to do on my end, right? I, I got to make some kind of commitment. I've got to say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. I acknowledge that Jesus is your son and I got all of that. But taking that step of commitment, I never knew that. I never was taught how to read the Bible or anything. And, and of course, with working with students, they're always saying, hey, how do I know where to start? How do I know where to read? And, and if you were to ask me, uh, Shane, uh, do you read your Bible? Of course I read my Bible, right? It's a Christian thing to do. I mean, you're supposed to. I go to church. I read my Bible. I'm supposed to do that. There's a lot that changed this past year. And as I'm doing this, it might not be a devotion. It might not even be an encouragement to you. It might be a, hey, you know what, Shane? Duh. I'm already there. I've been there for years. Pat yourself on the back. Man, praise God. Okay, so maybe this is just a testimony of what God has done over this past year. So if I can share that and, and take from it what you will. But um, I have always been one to, when I say that I read the Bible, I always had something to get ready for right? There was a sermon on Sunday or I was a Sunday school teacher and man, I was reading because I want to be prepared. And when I show up in front of students, I mean, I'll, I don't want to look like I'm just winging it or trying to pull it together. Man, I want to be prepared. So I would read my Bible or I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, man. And I spend that week and man, I'm mauling and praying and writing over it. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be prepared. I'm reading my Bible because I want to be prepared. I was reading to be ready. Man, I was missing out on a lot. Something changed this year. Like, I've been saved 26 years, half my life, right? You don't have to do the math. 26 years I've been saved. <clears throat> I'm 30. So here's what happened. My daughter, I have two beautiful daughters, and even prettier wife. My, my daughter, who still lives with us, and she calls herself the good child because the other one moved to Alaska, and this one stayed. So she, the other one's prodigal. Um, so this one stayed, and here's what happened. My daughter has no reason to want to be in a church, right? You know, church hurt. And we can talk about that, and I'm not going to boohoo over that. She has seen enough to where there's no reason for her to want to be connected to a local church. She's seen hurt. She's seen how people have treated her daddy. She has seen every dog and pony show, right, through ministry. But here's what happens. She started getting in God's Word. And then at the beginning of the year, she said, uh, hey, what if, we, uh, what if we read through the Bible in a year? My daughter asked me that. And here's the thing, guys, I'm not that guy. I love God. I love his word. And now y'all getting ready to kick me out. But here's the thing. I never wanted to read the Bible for the sake of saying I'm reading the Bible. I never wanted to say, hey, I'm making uh, resolutions in January and I'm going to hit the gym every day. And obviously I failed at that. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible every day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Because guess what? I set myself up fa for failure and I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. And then... And my mind is my worst enemy. I don't want to think too much of it and think, well, you know, I'm reading your word, God, but I'm doing it because I'm supposed to today. I'm doing this because it's on my checklist of what Christians are supposed to do. I'm doing this. I'm reading this because, uh, man, I've got to be ready for Sunday. But my, my, my daughter asked and said, hey, 
what if we read through the Bible in a year? I'm like, let's do it. So here my wife and I and, and Tori, my daughter, uh, every single day, here's what we do. This is, our, this is our routine. We get in God's Word at whatever time works best for us, right? First priority is a crazy schedule. And so for her, it's first thing in the morning. And sometimes for me, it is after we get back from clubs and I have that time that I get to spend and I go sit on my back porch and whatever that is. And then in the evening, we get together, the three of us, and we discuss what did what, you get today? This is crucial to me. And I never did this before. I read it because I wanted to be ready, but I was missing out on learning the character of my creator. Okay. Natalie was told this. She went to, she went on a trip to Jerusalem and I don't know what she's going to say tomorrow, but she, there was a guy that had made a comment to her that we talk so much about the savior. Okay. Let me preface this. This is not an argument about Trinity, triune God, anything like that, that can happen afterwards. What this is, is this is learning the character of God and who he is. And we have spent nine months, right? We're now in our 10th month, but it took all the way until October 1st before we ever talked about flesh man, Jesus. We spent nine months reading Old Testament, learning the character of God, and this changed everything for me. I believe the stories, but I believe them because I heard them and there was no reason not to believe them, right? And even some of the stories that we have learned uh, growing up, some of those stories about Noah and about Moses and all of these stories, man, sometimes they just don't line up with what I was taught. When we're reading, and that's not a spiritual debate either, but when we're reading through this, we are watching this unfold, and God is unfolding His plan, and His, His love, His grace, and His mercy. And when I, Look, I love the word when it says God lavishes His love on us. Like, it's not just, yeah, I love you. No, no, no. He lavishes means pours out more than what you can handle. And we're seeing that through watching His people turn from Him and His love for them and say, man, just come back. Just come back. I have learned so much more about the character of God over these last nine months that I have in 26 years of reading my Bible so that I'm ready. Man, I love God's word. I love God's word. It's refreshing to me. And I know this, like with food, like last night's food was good. When we eat enough, we get full. But God's word, for some reason, the more you take in, the more you want. Man, I, so if this is nothing else but encouragement, Getting God's word, fall in love with the Creator. The comment that was that was made to Natalie was, uh, "We talk a lot about the Savior, but we don't talk a lot about the Creator." He created us. He loves us. He wants this. So my first thing to you is, uh, ministry is exhausting. The first thing is fall in love with God's word. Fall in love with the Creator. The second thing is surround yourself with people, or just a few people, that are going to help hold you accountable. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to sit in my living room at eight o'clock at night and my daughter say, hey, uh, did you read today? No, I, I didn't get to it. Not going to be that, Dad. I'm going to read because I don't want to disappoint my wife and my daughter. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to miss disappointing my creator because guess what? This has changed everything for me. It's changed how I, how I approach ministry. It changes how I deal with situations that might not be ideal. It changes how I respond to people. It changes how how you approach people, how you let stuff roll off. And, and when you learn about the grace and mercy and God's love for you and his plan for you and his purpose, it changes the way that you do ministry. I got these verses for you in Proverbs chapter three. And guys, let me tell you, we got a room full of Yoda ministers, right? JD, he was there when they finished the Old Testament, right? We have people that are, guess what? Some of you are, have already where I'm at and you guys are reading God's word and you've been doing it for years and you got this thing locked down. I didn't. I didn't. I love doing ministry. 
and I love doing it well. This has changed things for me. This verse is nothing new to you. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Gosh, I need that. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. And usually we stop right there. Let me go on. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. God's Word is refreshing. A lot of the things that, that I held true, biblically true, was because I heard the stories. Gosh, let me not get into denom denominational debate either, but there's a lot of things that I hold true because my denomination says so. I want to know what my God says. I want to know what he says about me. And, and here's the thing. I'm praying, God, open my eyes to what it is you want me to get from this, right? He didn't write anything on accident or put anything in there that we didn't need or that's not applicable today. So when I look in God's word, I'm like, God, what are you trying to tell me? And God, what do you want me to do with that? What can I do? It has changed everything. So we go through at night and we go through our, uh, you know, hey, what would you think about that? And what's really cool is, is that sometimes they get something different out of it. We'll read the same verse and be like, man, I, yeah, I didn't see that or I didn't get that or I didn't take it that way. And we get to have that dialogue back and forth. And then I, there's a podcast, right, that goes along and we listen to somebody else's professional opinion. A bunch of people that have got together and says, hey, we have put this together for you. And it helps us understand some of the things because we look at each other like, really, did it say that? And then they'll go through and explain, right? Get in God's word, do it together. Here's what I know. I know that it's also important in our positions. Uh, we're not necessarily on pastoral staff. I mean, I know that there's probably a few of you that are. Um, man, get involved in a local church family. I realize that we don't have that accountability because we go from a church and speak and we go to another church and speak. But man, have a home church and go and get plugged in. And just because you're not speaking that day, show up anyway. It's easy to say, man, I don't know, man. It was a tough night. I was up late watching the game and we don't have to go. Like, I'm not teaching anything. Go. Be faithful. Stay faithful to God. And I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, I, I love the aspect of first priority because we get to pour into other people. But here's what I know. You can't pour into other people with an empty vessel. I read a book several years ago, and yes, it was the Bible. Uh, I read another book from Judas Smith called uh, How's Your Soul? This was an eye-opener for me because I realized that if you don't take care of this, you can't take care of that. You can't pour into other people with an empty vessel. Let me pray for you. God, we love you and thank you so much for waking us up this morning, which means you still have a purpose for us. God, I pray that we would acknowledge that and walk in it. God, I pray that we would fall in love with you more and more every day. God, thank you so much that you would send your son for us, that you loved us that much. I pray for each person that's in here, man and woman, and the ministry that you've called them to. I pray for open hearts. I pray for favor. I pray for open doors and open wallets. God, thank you for allowing us to be here and gather today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there is one thing that Shane Kenny is not short of, Brad, that is passion for the ministry and for the students. That's right. That's right. You definitely hear that coming out of his mouth as you listen to what he has to say and how he inspires us. Yeah, and there's also a little bit of wisdom in there, too, because Shane is about the students. He is. When you get right down to all the things that he's going to talk about, all the things that matter to mm -hmm. him, at the end of the day is, are we reaching students yep. with the gospel? Yep. And the rest of it is just... Well, and I love to 
I know you don't use sports analogies anymore, but sticking to the fundamentals, um, talking about God, family, ministry, and how he's pursuing God and the story that he shared uh, about his family, just reading through the scriptures this year, um, is, is just humbling uh, to hear another man who you respect uh, walking through some of the same, you know, just struggles as a father and a leader of the home and, and you know, just where God has him. I've got God's blessing him at the moment. The daughters asked him to read the scriptures together and he's taking advantage of it and loving every minute of it, right? And uh, yeah, it's just good to hear that story. It's an encouraging word for us. And uh, yeah, glad everybody got to listen in. Yeah, and Shane's unique in that Natalie is a partner in crime for him. Oh, yeah, big time. And that doesn't mean that that's perfect for everybody, right? It's not yep. perfect for everybody, but yep. in their scenario, they are equals. Yeah. And they are knocking it out of the park together. That's right. So that's the other new, unique part about their story is there's learning there that they, they have figured out how to do partnership. They do. As husband and wife mm -hmm. in the midst of ministry. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that as well. It's good stuff. It's it is. good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for listening. As always, give us that five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Three stars for me, five for Steve. I guess we're given a four-star review. I'm not sure. They can actually do separate star reviews. Separate star reviews for me. Yes, they he can. He can rate the hosts. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's been great working with you, Steve. Guys, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you, Steve, on the next podcast. Yes. <laughs> Winning. All right. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.